When news of the explosion on Fakari White Island first came through on Monday afternoon, I called home. Leah and I had been in swimming. Right, so you, you were actually in the water at 2 o'clock and yeah, you, you would yeah. be able to see White Island from, yeah. from the water. The explosion happened at 11 minutes past 2. Yeah, yeah, we but, would have been in the water, about, or we're down at the beach anyway, yeah. But you, d- you didn't really notice it? No. My parents live at Ohope Beach. That's my mother Madeline. She was swimming with my daughter Leah at the time. So when you, when you heard from somebody a bit later... What did you do? Well, we went outside and had a look. We could see it was, but it was blowing. It was quite windy that day. So what did you think when you saw it? It was quite shocking, but we didn't know how bad it was at that stage. I grew up seeing the island every day, the puff of cloud hanging over it, always changing. But Monday was different. Fakari is always unpredictable. We know that, you know. When we step into her domain, we are mere mortals. She has the power, not us. You are always conscious of the beauty and of the menace. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly, and today's detail is about a place close to my heart. Good morning. Uh, Yesterday at 2.11pm, Fakari White Island erupted. We do begin with that breaking news, a massive volcano erupting in New Zealand. Dozens of tourists were there exploring where the smoke and ash flew thousands of feet into the air. There were two explosions, one after the other in quick succession. Ash spewing into the sky, a helicopter shown abandoned after the deadly blasts on the volcano off the coast of Fukutane. In the immediate aftermath, a number of helicopters made a deliberate decision to fly to the island to rescue survivors. Very tragically met with uh, yeah, some really bloody awful sights, to be quite honest. A lot of people in some serious distress. As a result of their efforts, a number of people were rescued from the island. Just asking for help, help me. Some other words were very broken. People, they were responsive, but not verbally. They were just in a, yeah, a bad way that ingested huge amounts of ash and uh, dust. It was so gaseous, you know, it's, uh, it was so hard for them to breathe, let alone talk. We were unsure exactly the numbers that are on there, and we're uh, unsure uh, of their well-being. I know there will be a huge uh, amount of concern and anxiety uh, and I can assure them police are doing everything uh, they can. Pauroto Naropo, Ngāti Awa elder, cultural advisor and local councillor. At 4am on Tuesday morning, he performed a rahui ceremony. Are you at the marae? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm all around at the moment. I'm just, yeah, just travelling between different places at the moment. The marae, the council, the community, at the hospital at, at the moment as well. You know, some other families are here making sure that Manaki Tanga, that, you know, we're providing love and care and support, making sure that uh, the, the Afina principle is there in terms of that we, wherever you need us, we're there, in, in this very emotional time for us all. Coming from the area, you know, I'm very aware of the presence of Fakari. She's alive, yes. She's alive, yeah. And mm. interesting that you you think of Fakari as a woman. Mm. Why is that? 
that's the information that's been handed down from generation to generation. So, you know, Fakari needs that to, to reveal, to bring messages, to share messages from the spiritual realm into the physical world. So she uh, is the main ancestor um, that um, connects us to an ancient world, connects us, connects us to ancient beliefs. She has her own personality, Fakari. So, you know, when it's when there's earthquakes and that, that she's dancing. When she's having a stroppy mood, so when she erupts. It's known as New Zealand's angriest volcano. Thousands visit every year, but this eruption was totally unexpected. Some people were just feet from the crater when it exploded. A sign of just how sudden this blow was. Look how close these people were to the crater right before the explosion. An American tourist taking this video inside the rim just 20 minutes before. So, you know, she's an ancient island. She connects us to the world. And you were actually there last week with Piriwipu. I've seen a, a oh, picture of I, you. And, and some of the other the crew members that were there that took us over, the ones, some of them that have died, were with us. It's a very, very, very emotional time. Very sad. And I just can't believe it. Natiawa are guardians of Fakari. So yes. how important was that to, you know, to take over the ownership of White Island yes. Tours? You know, in 1866, the previous to that, and, you know, we had absolute guardianship over that. But there was always other customary interests in other areas. I must acknowledge that. Why is it important? Because she's an ancient connection to our past as Ngātiawa. She's also a place where our people would fish and gather kaimana. And then you have one part of the island too where there's, you know, grass area where our ancestor Tatahi or Tarangi and others would live on the island at that time. So they knew they lived there at times because of the gathering of the mutton birds too, which is on the other side. They gathered mutton birds from there, you know that, eh? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, we still do. So, you know, that we, we understood the domain and that's the thing that we need to do in the future with the relationship with GNS. We need to be able to preempt and predict with our knowledge and science knowledge so that we can pre-warn and protect the safety of our community, safety of tourists, so safety of anyone that actually accesses Fatari. A private reserve with daily tours, 10,000 visit it every year. This video taken Friday shows it spewing ash and steam. Tourists were told the volcano had been active in the past few weeks, but there was no sign it was ready to erupt. What do you mean working working closer with GNS about predicting activity? Well, if, if with yeah, I mean, if with our knowledge, Mataranga Māori, the traditions, the history that we understand in terms of the island, uh, our ancestor. I mean, who else would know her better than us in terms of the history I've shared is thousands of years old. So that's just a little bit of what I know. So. We can combine that knowledge of science and, and the volcanic uh, uh, understanding, the volcanic activity, the subterranean fires, how, how, the, how those sorts of things move, bring it together with our history, mm. so that we're able to then hopefully know if she's going to blow up and go that day. On the scheme of things, for volcanic eruptions, it's not large, but if you are close to that, it is, it is not good. If she's going to have another of her mood swings, we don't go that day. Do you think that tours should continue to the island? 
I, I, I'm thinking spiritually, why is this happening? Are we listening to what Vakari is trying to express to us about what we need to be cognizant of? So, you know, there's the domain of money. And is that really the main purpose for going to have tours? Or is it that we're actually just wanting to connect back to find out who we are as people, as a universal family? Although it doesn't have to be based always upon money. Spiritually, she's speaking up to us. She's saying enough's enough. In terms of tourism, I don't want to be abused anymore. But, you know, that's, that's, what, I, that's what I feel when I pray, when I speak with her. Those are the things, those are the messages we're getting. We need to, as a community, have a time to mourn. Because at the moment, everyone's busy trying to make sure everyone is safe. Mm. We need to make sure that we can get the rest of those that are still on the island. So it's tough because the fact that we have our distinguished dead there. So we placed Arahui yesterday um, from Ohiwa Harbour to Fakari to Tawatatua to Matata all the way back down to Ohiwa. And we're saying that there should be no fishing, there should be no commercial anything until we've got them off the island. That's the first priority. We don't want any impediment to break or breach anything spiritual that may have an impact on the good things that are happening right now. Yeah. And then from once we've got them, they need to be mourned. Then they need people to get well in terms of getting help, in terms of coping with the loss. That's huge. Why is everyone always thinking about putting tourism first? I think that comes last. She'll always be there tomorrow in terms of tourism. There's a bad feeling because you're sort of looking out on it all the time. Mm. It's there. And knowing that there are bodies still yeah, out there. Yeah, bodies out there. And it's, it's uncanny because an hour later, and it would have just been another, well, White Island's puffing again. That's what we, people say. Would mm. have been, wouldn't have been a drama. And now it's just horrific because it makes such a big difference to the town and to a lot of people's lives. This is your radio station, one double X. We just had the National Emergency Management Agency send out the first um, national warning system message, number one. Where were you when the news came through? I was in my office at one double X, and uh, I mean we're, we're pretty busy at the moment because of um, Christmas, so everybody is really quite um, frantic. But everything really just kind of stopped. That's Glenn Smith, owner and managing director of local radio station One Double X. And um, we swung into action, really. Now, we can confirm there is a rescue operation underway at the moment. Of course, White Island has erupted today. I'd like to advise that Muriwai Drive in Fakatani from Harvey Street down has now been closed to all vehicles except emergency services. At least one boat has come back in uh, and then off of that boat there were passengers which were being lifted from stretchers. They have been put into ambulances. Right the road, about 70 or 80 gathering to watch uh, this unfolding event. There's uh, looks like seven ambulances. We can see some patients coming off at the present time. Were you getting calls from people about this? We were getting calls from the police and the council and we were clearly getting calls from the members of the public and in fact I think the first information we got was from members of the public. What were they telling you? 
Oh, that there had been an eruption at White Island and that there were people on the island. And did that come in pretty soon after? Yes. So do you think you would... Within minutes. Within minutes. So you got that information pretty early on about people? Actually, we regularly get people calling in to say that there's been an eruption on the island or there's been... You know something happening on the island, but this was this was different. That something's happened there. I mean, because as you know, growing up in Ohopi, mm. um, you're looking at the island all the time, whether consciously or unconsciously. Yeah, so, I mean, we uh, feel we feel the presence of Fakari. Totally, and and uh, as I said the other day, you you're always conscious of the beauty and of the menace. Did you have to make any changes to your programming because of this? Did you just go totally into Fakari reporting mode? You must have had to be careful about the kind of advertising you were running. Yes, look, um, we have, we did make some modifications. We continue to run our advertising schedule, but what we did do is we checked very carefully on any commercials that had any reference to White Island. And we also looked at our music and decided to bring down the music and look for and make sure that we we didn't have anything that was too strident or edgy and we have actually taken off some ads that referred to White Island. You know, we actually have a station jingle that um, says we love White Island and I instructed people not not to play that. Purely because of the circumstances. What are people saying? You know, as you're getting around town now and talking to people, what are they saying? What they're saying is that it'll never be open to tourists again. The other thing they're saying is everybody wants the bodies recovered, but they're also wanting to know what they can do to help. And that's a little bit vague because even though the locals know who the local people are that uh, in the hospital or deceased. Mm. It's early days and it's quite raw. I live at the Heads. The Heads is closed off and so there is no traffic. The only people that can access it are the residents. And right now the police launch Deodar 3 is tied up. But this is normally a very busy place and because across the road is the Children's Playground, which is part of the Wairaka Centennial Park. And um, so it's normally very, very busy, and there's a lot of traffic. There are a lot of um, people that drive down to the river mouth, as, as you know. But it's very eerie because of the fact that there's no traffic and there are no people, and I actually don't know why it's still shut. It's kind of uncanny. Very unusual, and I just thought... This is a very rare moment. Oh, and it's it's an emotional time. It's very emotional for everybody, and people, you know, have to hold it together. But as I said, uh, just about this area here, it's kind of like actually there's no life here whatsoever because um, it's just been shut off. And um, and I'm kind of thinking, as much as I enjoy the serenity, um, it would be great to kind of open it up and get people back here again. 
there's certainly a feeling in town here of uh, grief, particularly for the, the two uh, young men who are missing and also for the others who have uh, who came to their town and uh, experienced the uh, hospitality and the and the sights and scenes of uh, Eastern Bay of Plenty. So people are pretty upset about that. I think a lot of them are still fairly shell-shocked and it's really uh, coming to terms and you know, really uh, sinking in now that what has happened and uh, what's going to happen over the next few days and few weeks and just uh, the... Uh, um, the question mark over tourism to uh, to White Island. There's a lot of other things that people can do in this area, of course, but uh, uh, White Island was sort of a jewel in the crown, and when you're looking around town here, there's signs uh, with uh, promoting White Island and cafes named after it and, and motels and that sort of thing. So it's a big part of this community. There has to be some clever thinking in terms of how that's going to be dealt with, and I'm sure that they may already be thinking about that now. I believe there are other opportunities and and attractions yeah i mean how worried are you glenn how how important is that to your business i think that it's not good in terms of business i'm about to write a campaign kind of around the thing of like let's support each other i just want to do something saying now more than ever we need to be doing this for each other that's kind of tricky as well, isn't it? Because you don't want to be seen to be thinking about money at this time. I understand what you're saying. Yes, it's just it has to be very carefully done. This is why I did review the idea of what I would do with the commercials on the radio station. And I decided that we did need to run them because, like media... Um, we're under pressure. We need to keep our business going. And since this event, you know, we haven't really sold anything. So we've got to run what we've got. What do you mean you haven't really sold anything? Uh, well, nobody wants to buy. Everybody's in, still in state of shock, and and we don't want to push it. We pulled back on a number of ac- our activities. Because it's summer, we have um, vehicles going out as prize patrols, and we put a hold on them We've got a promotion called Cram the Van, which is collecting gifts for charities like um, Salvation Army and Food Bank and Women's Refuge and just held back on that. There were plans to build, or there are plans, to build a big new boat harbour on the Whakatane Mm. River. And at the centre of this all was Whakare and tourism and the growth of that. That pitch was made to the Provincial Growth Fund... What happens to that now? Will there have to be rethinking on that? That is a real concern. I think potentially there will, will be rethinking. That would be pretty sad because it's a very big deal and it was looking incredibly positive. So that is a, a big concern for Whakatani. Yeah. I mean, that would be a multi-million dollar project, wouldn't it? Look, I've heard maybe $100 million. Wow. A game changer. Yeah. A total game changer. So... I don't know where that's going to go. I don't know the outcome. It is a concern. That's the detail for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Blair Stagpool and produced by Alexia Russell. My thanks to Pauroto Ngaropo, Glenn Smith, and my mother Madeline. Mā te wā.